So guys, this is Listen Lanarkshire and I am here today with Stephanie Callahan, the MSP for the Uddingston and Bells Hill constituency. How are we, Stephanie? I'm fine. Thank you very much, Emma. Well, brilliant. So thank you again for doing this. Um, it's great to have you. So I just want to kick off with saying that you were first elected in 2016 and you were there to represent uh, the Hamilton in the North East Ward. Um, and with your recent success in becoming MSP, for the Uddingston and Bells Hill constituency. Going way back to when you started, what made you want to go into politics? So I suppose uh, politics was always something when I was growing up that my parents felt was important. Um, they always talked about how it was really, really important to use your vote, no matter who it was that you voted for. So even as a young lass, uh, around about 17, 18, I did the, uh, when it used to be on paper, I did the going round and knocking people's doors to get them to register to vote. So it wasn't for any political party. It was just about encouraging people to get their name down and make sure they had their vote. But I didn't really get directly involved in politics at all, Emma, um, until the referendum. So about a year before I was on maternity leave with my daughter and I just thought, I, I knew the referendum was coming up the following year and I thought, I really have to sit down and look at the information. It's obviously quite an important vote, but I really did expect to vote no. I was kind of worried that what would happen is, you know, we would have to start everything over again. We would have to start everything from scratch and we wouldn't have people with the knowledge or the experience, or the skills, and it'd be quite a, a huge step um, to go towards independence. But the more, the more I looked at it, um, I thought I would just have a wee quick brief glance over stuff and ended up kind of researching for about four months uh, and reading all sides of the argument and looking into all the information. And at the end of that, um, I was absolutely convinced that an independent Scotland was stepping through an open door. You know, we already had all the civil servants in place. The Scottish government had experience of decision making, of consulting expert groups for things. Um, and I wanted a better future for my children, something that was a lot fairer than what we've got just now. So I ended up going out and knocking doors every single night, um, trying to get people to, to vote yes and talking to people on the doorsteps. And I thought when the referendum finished that my whole life would just go back to normal. <laughs> but it doesn't quite happen that way. So we weren't successful. Um, I actually joined the SNP just after the referendum. So. I joined the party and then by um, a few people had kind of said to me, oh, you know, you might want to think about becoming a counsellor because I was coming back after my kid went to school and hadn't worked for a few years. And my name was put forward. I passed a rating process and January 2016, I was elected. And it was quite crazy because that was right through the winter and I had three young kids and it was snowing and there was Christmas shopping. So it was it was pretty crazy introduction to things. Yeah, no wonder. So uh, as long as being as well as being a mum, like you've done all this campaigning as well. So throughout your campaign to become a MSP, what were your like main policies and your manifesto? So really, I think, um, you know, there, there's quite a lot of big policies out there for everybody to see in the SNP manifesto. And I suppose to keep it in quite simple terms, um, for me, it was about the fact that really the manifesto for the 2021 elections for MSPs was a manifesto that, that was looking at our nation and going, do you know what, we need to step up, we need to actually make changes that are going to have an impact in people's lives because people are really, really struggling. So for example, the Scottish child payment, 
uh, which is currently £20 a week, and we'll move up to £25 a week um, by um, quite shortly and involve a lot, a lot more young people as well, include, include all our young people. That's something that's been described as being a game changer. And I think that was really important. And I think to, you know, health and social care is a really big issue as well. So having a national care service is really, really important. And along those, the same lines as our NHS and climate change as well, I think is right up there at the top of the agenda. And it's not, when, when we're talking about health and social care as well, um, not just talking about people with disabilities, but talking about older people too, because people are living much, much longer now. And it's really important that we do everything we can to look after people in their own homes and give them as much support as possible so that everybody can lead really a decent quality of life and a decent standard of life. So for me, the SNP manifesto really had people's well-being right at the absolute heart of it. And that's what I believe is absolutely correct and right. Perfect. And for like your own local area, what were the issues you felt like you'd be able to change if you became MSP? So I think our local area has very much very similar issues to, to lots and lots and lots of other areas across Scotland. So Lanarkshire, as people will know, is, you know, a mining community. Uh, it's a community where people have always kind of stood in solidarity with each other. And we kind of got the heart ripped out of things um, when Thatcher decided to close the mines way back when. But the real issue there as well was, yes, we had to move forward from coal, but there was no investment in actually new jobs and using those skills. And what people really, really need in this area is they need decent jobs that pay decent money that they can support their family on. Uh, because poverty is one of the biggest issues we've got just now. And with the cost of living crisis, with energy bills rising, etc., that is just becoming bigger and bigger at the moment. No worries. So have you had any projects that you've been doing over the past year um, and anything that you aspire to do during your time as councillor and MSP? So I stopped being a councillor just a couple of weeks ago there uh, for Hamilton North and East, which is good. It means I can devote all of my time to being the MSP. So as a local councillor, though, I was really, really embedded in the local community. Um, I was out just about every night of the week. In fact, I could have been three places at once most of the time, um, because I think really it's about getting to know the people that live locally, getting to know what's happening locally and being able to support them with the work that they're doing locally. So that's been really, really difficult actually since I've become an MSP because we've had COVID mm -hmm. and all the problems around that. So it's meant that you can't meet up, that you're keeping your distance from people. Um, the same even in parliament as well. Some of my colleagues have not really had a chance to get to know them properly yet. So yeah, we've certainly done a few things. We've been out and we've spoken to lots of different businesses I've met up with some of our local heroes as well people local people who've been doing amazing things um but I want to be doing much much more of that in the weeks and months to come so we're planning some summer surgeries um which we'll be announcing quite shortly and taking ourselves out to places where people are going to be is really really important rather than you know putting up a sign or putting out a message saying this is where we'll be at that time we want to try and make sure that we're going to places where people are already going to be so that we can get talking to people and get to know people and people can feel comfortable with us and feel as if they can reach out and touch their msp because i think that really really matters
Exactly. And have you felt that the, your constituents have benefited already from like kind of your like past year? Yep, um, certainly. I, I would say absolutely that's the case. Maybe I'm a wee bit biased right enough. Yeah. Um, but certainly we've had lots of, I've been speaking in Parliament quite a lot, so I've been talking in quite a lot of debates. And we've also been submitting quite a lot of parliamentary motions as well that are just recognising the work of people across the community. And as well, I think a big, big part of that as well is as you get to know different organisations, different businesses, different people who are doing different things, then connecting people together is a really, a really big important thing as well. So, for example, there's a company called ACS Clothing out in Hollytown. And um, they are making amazing strides. Um, they, they're already carbon neutral and they're looking to be net zero um, very, very shortly. So they're doing loads and loads of work. So I connected them into um, there's, uh, six climate change towns that have been chosen for Scotland and Hollytown is one of them. So connecting them into the people that were working in the climate change towns. So those connections then mean that the other organisations can move forward and they can do better things. And it's just, I know people say it's a real privilege, but it, it really, really is a real privilege to be able to do that kind of work. I can just tell it's just kind of oozing out of you how like how happy you are to do your job and be able to help people do you know that way yeah yeah and that's what it's all about making a difference exactly like every little it's just a ripple effect as well isn't it every little thing you do it has a bigger effect but obviously um you've went through your job throughout covid and all the lockdowns how how has that affected the way that you've worked in your relationship with your constituents so to be honest, I find it really, really difficult, but I don't think I'm the only one. I think that personal contact with people is such a huge part of what I do. But then by the same token, you've also got people like GPs, for example. Lots of GPs are really struggling with not having that same contact with their patients that they're used to as well. And I know GPs are getting a really hard time just now, but sometimes you know you have to say to people you need to understand that actually the demand for appointments has increased by between 40 and 50 percent because you know things aren't been resolved for people and complexities arise too so at the very time at the same time you know there's been a massive surge in appointments and they've not been able to have people in surgeries as often as they would have done previously um so i think it's i think it's been really hard for a lot of people but i really just can't wait to to be spending a lot more time one-to-one with people or in groups having a a proper chat and getting a real feel um, for what's going on around you I don't think you can I don't think there's anything that beats that really exactly and with your ward obviously you'll be having surgeries in the local area do you have any idea where they're going to be yet or so we're looking at setting that up just now so I'll I'll keep zips because I think I might get a row uh, from my <laughs> office team. Um, so certainly we've got a few places in mind um, for our summer surgery too. But we'll also be looking, we've been doing some Zoom surgeries just now, but we'll also be looking to set up some regular surgeries as well. So for example, places like Uddingston Pride, um, where you've got groups of people that are already meeting up and getting together. Um, cafes uh, uh, down at Bothwell Church. Um, we're looking at similar things in Bells Hill and Hollytown and Carfin and North Motherwell and right across the constituency. It's quite a strange constituency. A lot of people think it's just really going to be Uddingston and Bells Hill, but it's got bits of Hamilton and a bit of North Motherwell in it and it goes right up to Carfin and out to New Stevenson and stuff too. So 
Pero yeah, well, it's, a big area. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big area to cover. So what who and what has been like your main drive in your career then, Stephanie? Oh, sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Uh, who has been like the main drive in your career then? In my career? So do you mean my political career? Ah, uh, yeah, like who in your in your job, what has been the force for you to do this? So the main driver absolutely for me has been Scottish independence. Um, and I don't say that as somebody who is, it's not about separating off from England. I've got loads of family in England. I lived in England for a few years myself. And I think a lot of the time, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that comes out sounds quite worrying, you know, oh, we'd be foreigners to each other and stuff. And you're going, no, we still, we still live on the same island. Don't be crazy. It would be a difference in politics. And to me, you know, when 90% of the people just about live in England, then whenever there's a conflict between what Scotland needs and what England needs, you're going to go with the 90%. And to me, actually, that's quite rational and that's quite logical to actually do that. And England's an amazing country. Scotland's an amazing country, but they are actually quite different from each other too. So we've got different issues in Scotland. And I think we need people who live here, who work here, who are invested in our country to be looking at that and to be taking the decisions around that. And then, of course, we've got Boris Johnson down in London as well. You know, for nearly 70 years, Scotland hasn't voted Tory. And for a massive number of years, we've had Tory governments. And to me, that's just absolutely crazy. It doesn't work for us. And that's the bottom line. So that's... Obviously, that has been your big drive then for independence. And you've obviously had a lot of support from your family as well with your campaigning. Yes, I, I absolutely have. Because So I've got three kids, um, aged between 11 and, uh, I was going to say 16, almost 17. So, yeah, my three kids really have been a huge driving force as well. Everything is about their future. And it's not just about my own kids. I think all our kids deserve the best possible future that we can offer them. So I did have lots of discussions with them too, because this job is very, very full on. You work incredibly, incredibly hard and I'm out in Edinburgh some of the week as well. So we had those kind of big discussions for quite a few weeks before I decided whether or not I was going to stand. Because I was kind of saying, you know, if there's a birthday, I might not be there on your birthday. If you've got a school event, I might not be able to be there for every school event. But as far as my kids were concerned, they were just like, mum, you have to do this. You would be crazy not to do this. You're just so, so passionate about it. And um, and you're helping people and you're making a difference. So they were really, really, really keen for me to go for it. I think on occasion, uh, my youngest is still at primary school, kind of thinks, oh, no, I wish my mum wasn't doing this. Um, but she's going to high school next year. So I think the reality has maybe been that little bit different but the bottom line is they are right behind me they've absolutely got my back and my I was going to say husband but actually we've not got around to get married yet we were due to get married three days after the first lockdown happened but <laughs> I won't go into that too much so myself and, and uh, their dad has been incredibly supportive as well he's he's just absolutely at every every step in the way um, he's been encouraging me so you've had full support from everyone at home then, that's brilliant. Yes, so, yes. And, and my wider family have been great as well, my mum and my sister and people helping out with the kids and tidying up when I've not had time. 
so if you had to leave behind a legacy um when you're kind of finished your political career what would that be if I was to leave behind a legacy oh that's one that I need to that I need to think about I suppose I suppose I wouldn't really be looking for anything majorly dramatic. I would be quite satisfied um, if uh, if my legacy is that, that people, that we increase support for the SNP, that we increase support for independence, that we reach an independent Scotland. But as for me personally, that I have worked hard and that I've cared about people and that I've looked after people and that I've been compassionate. So my team that I've got in place just now, the number one thing that we looked that we looked at at the start, I recruited one person straight away because he just had the same ethos and culture and I knew I wasn't going to be in the office all the time and positivity. And we sat down from the beginning and we said the thing that's central to everything is that we get people who have compassion and in, in, uh, patience and who really, really want to help people, who will really step over the line to be able to do that. Because everything else you can teach people, you can't teach people that. So absolutely critical and vital. And I hope people think the same about me too. Oh, no, exactly. No, that's perfect. Because you can tell that you've just got that great attitude for helping people and the local community will definitely benefit from your help, definitely 100%. Uh, and again, you've always got to keep in touch with us at Listen Lanarkshire. Um, anytime, just give us a shout. And I just want to say again, a huge big thank you um, for doing this interview today. You're absolutely welcome, Emma. It's been my pleasure. Thank oh, you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.